Welcome back to another episode of Bed Letter. I am your host, Christian Ashelman, and this is the podcast where we chat a bit about our psycho-human brains, a little about our loony human behavior, and a lot about how it all fits together. So we are here on Tuesday, and we have made it to episode 26. Thank you so much to those of you who have been out there tagging along. I really, really, really appreciate it. Um, I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to the podcast. It means so much to me. If you're interested in more of my work, you can head over to cashleman.com. That's C-A-S-H-L-I-M-A-N.com. That's where I post my blog. I have a page there that describes my editing and tutoring and mentoring services that I offer there as well. Um, and then tied with that, I also have a Patreon page that gives you access to the Bedletter Community Discord server as well as the monthly newsletter and more. So again, if you find it, you can find any of that information over on my website, cashleman.com, or over on Patreon. So today, for today's today's article, today's research, today's information, juicy tidbits, um, we're going to be looking at an article that is titled, Picking Up a Book for Fun Positively Affects Verbal Abilities, According to New Study. And um, under that, it says, Sandra Martin Chang and Stephanie Kozak find that fiction lovers are especially likely to benefit from reading. Uh, this was posted on March 16th, 2021 by Patrick, and it was written by Patrick Lejtenyi, I guess. Interesting names. Almost sounds like Russian or something. Um, and it was posted on the Concordia University website. So... Let's dive into it. I'm not going to read every word of the article, but I'm going to, uh, I've picked out the, the juicy bits, the, the, the parts that are interesting, and we're going to kind of pour through this. It's very interesting. So it starts off. Uh, a new study published in the journal, in the journal Reading and Writing, shows that more people, the more people read any kind of fiction, even mass market stuff snifely derided as pulp, the better their language skills are likely to be. And when I read this this opener, kind of this beginning of the the article, I my first question is why are we focusing or limiting ourselves to only fiction, right? Um, and then I kind of came up with a potential answer to that. I guess is that is that maybe maybe it's somewhat obvious or previously maybe it's been previously found that reading nonfiction books can actually you know expand your knowledge, expand your vocabulary, and stuff like that. Like reading history books, things like that. Obviously, that stuff would be uh would make sense to have um the ability to expand your knowledge and vocabulary and stuff like that um but maybe maybe the whole point is that is that even fiction can do that for you too right maybe that that was kind of what i surmised was like maybe that's what their whole point is is that fiction has the ability to do that as well Um, but moving further into the article uh, the piece was written by Sandra Martin Chang, professor of education in the Faculty of Arts and Science, uh, and PhD student Stephanie Kozak. They found that people who enjoyed reading fiction for leisure and who identified as a reader scored higher on language tests, whereas those who re- read to access specific information scored more poorly on the same exact tests. So the kicker, or I guess the big like augment to this research. Uh, then seems to be that the what what is the desire of the reader right is their intent to enjoy and consume for the sake of consumption to to you know pick up the harry potter book and just read it because it's enjoyable and it's fun to immerse yourself in that world or is it to find answers is it to get specific information and i feel like this deficit um between those two things kind of makes sense to me 
uh, as to why people who enjoy, read for enjoyment are have a better vocabulary and better uh, verbal abilities. It makes sense to me because uh, in the sense that like readers who would be looking for poignant answers or very specific information would be, um, and that's kind of like the main context under which they tend to read. They're going to be skipping around in the, con- in the content that they're reading. They're going to be bouncing around, um, maybe skimming things. I know that like when I'm looking for information, that's what I do typically. So when I was kind of pouring this, I was thinking, well, what are things that I do when I'm looking specifically for information? And I feel like doing that affects your, your reading comprehension and your vocabulary, like the, your vocabulary intake and like how well you remember all that information. Right. And so, um, that's kind of an interesting little, little fact there. And, uh, it's something to be aware of. Like if, if like, what is your motivation behind reading is, is the 90% of the reading that you ever do just because you are looking at an article or reading something that's looking for specific information, or do you do it? Do you t- set aside time, set aside time specifically for enjoyment, right? Uh, moving into the article a little further, as um, they go on to say, as leisure reading be- declines as a pastime for younger adults especially, Martin Cheng says emphasizing the fun aspect of it can draw them back to novels while at the same time boost their verbal abilities. It's always very positive and heartwarming to give people permission to delve into a- into the series they like, Martin Cheng notes. I liken it to research that says chocolate is good for you. The guilty pleasure of reading fiction is associated with positive cognitive benefits and verbal outcomes. Um, and I like this paragraph. I wrestle with this so much because, and, and maybe you too, because I want, I want to become a more consistent reader. I want to become a, a better reader and, and, and do it more often. And that is, and that's for several reasons, right? It gives me something to, something really positive to do in my, pa- in, in my downtime. It allows me to grow my knowledge base, my vocabulary, which is huge because I like writing. And so having a bigger vocabulary is very, very important to me. Um, it also is incredibly valuable to, I think it's, I think like enjoying reading and, and reading for pastime is invaluable, is valuable to culture because that's kind of how intricate and deep and unique ideas are kind of transmuted to other people. Right. Um, and it kind of scares me that this pastime is becoming less popular because, and that's probably because I'm part of the problem. Like I, I, I guess I could say is like, I am not as consistent or dedicated to doing this and it's something that I feel like I should be right so and, and it's something that's only going to add value to my life right so I should be and it's something that I want to be better at so anyway the article then goes on habit forming pastime Martin Chang and Kozak used a scale developed by Mar called the predictors of leisure reading or PL P-O-L-R to investigate reading behavior motivations obstacles attitudes and interests they examined how well the POLR predicted the language skills of 200 undergraduate students with all data gathered at York University. The researchers note that the age and the age range of the subjects in the study is of key interest. In early adulthood, reading becomes self-directed rather than imposed by others, which makes this a pivotal time for developing one's own reading habits. This population is also rather understudied with the most ex- with the most existing research focusing far more on children. So I think this is really interesting and could clue us in on how and why the skill and habit of, of reading for leisure isn't forming so strongly with young adults these days, right? Um, and I think it's because directed reading follows us, follows us through elementary school, it follows us through middle school and high school and even college, right? Directed reading as in being told what to read, when to read it, how long to read it. Um, 
where to start, where to finish, all that stuff. So post-schooling, non-directed reading is really our only hope of, of, of reading for leisure, right? Like picking our own information, our own topic, our own books, and just reading them for fun. Um, and maybe if that skill was was taught more or even just talked about more in schooling, then maybe reading wouldn't be such like a seen as like such a negative thing to so to so many people. Right. Maybe it would be seen as more of an enjoyable thing, because I feel like that is kind of a skill that you almost have to teach yourself is like how to uh, if, you, if you have like a something you want to enjoy or want to learn to enjoy or want to get better at, you have to practice it. Right. And um, I feel like that's in schooling more often than not, it's it's uh reading is often left as just like all right go home and read huckleberry finn right you have to read this much and it's just like a chore that you have to do and that kind of leads to why maybe we don't create a habit out of it the article goes on to kind of explain how they administered the two tests um which each being each part of the test being a 48 question scale right they 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 administered to the participants and that measured that scale measured just various reading factors within each of the participants and then they then gave um, the participants tests very similar to what you'd find on an ACT or an or an SAT and they found that those who score uh, higher on those tend to read more and have better verbal abilities and vocabulary right so it just reinforced uh, it just it just kind of basically reinforced their their hypothesis and showed that that you know read more reading more and and intaking information more and words more uh, and ideas more did lead to being able to convey your own verbal abilities and your own ideas a lot better so and i wonder if when they say verbal abilities if they if that could be construed or could mean that it's one's ability to explain like ideas in their head not just like the words that they use not just like their vocabulary specifically but like their ability to explain full and complete ideas with like clarity and succinctness um i think i think that's is what they are referring to when they use verbal abilities right but uh moving moving on to the last bit of the article it says after analyzing the data the researchers concluded that reading enjoyment, positive attitudes, and deeply established interests predict better verbal abilities and that they were more strongly associated with exposure to fiction than nonfiction. Very interesting. It's, ex- it's associated with exposure to fiction rather than nonfiction. I just want to read that last part again because it's so interesting. The researchers concluded that reading enjoyment, positive attitudes, and deeply established interests predict better verbal abilities than they were, and that they were more strongly associated with exposure to fiction than nonfiction. That's that's. I mean, that does make sense. I mean, positive positive attitudes. You're going to be a lot of times when you're reading, you know, fiction. You're going to be doing it because you're really gripped by the story and really into it. A lot of times when people think of nonfiction, they think of history books or they think of science books. And obviously, that's not all of what nonfiction is. But you know, to somebody who doesn't is not an avid reader, that might be the first thing that they think of. So, anyway. Um, I feel like a lot of the study shows us how valuable our perceptions of an activity are, and how uh, and how they can affect how you actually enjoy and perform that activity, right? Like it's ironic to me that school, like schooling, in general, forces you to read books and that you may or may not even be interested in and that sometimes they do that in a way and this is the important part right like it's good that you have to read books it's good that there's that there's language classes in school and all that stuff but sometimes they do it in a way that makes it so that 
uh, kids end up just hating reading altogether, right? While at the same time, it's being shown here that positive attitudes and enjoyment and teaching enjoyment about reading and and freedom with reading directly leads to more consistent and 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 uh, well better language abilities, more consistent and and better ability to explain yourself um, and to convey ideas and to enjoy reading overall, right? Um, and the last part of the article I thought was pretty interesting. It kind of widens the, the scope here. It says, the written word, a love story. The many benefits of reading have long been established. Besides having better verbal abilities, lifelong readers are known to be more understanding of others, more empathetic, less prejudiced, to, uh, to attain higher socioeconomic status, and even to live longer, healthier lives than non-readers. Teachers and parents can nurture a love of reading by letting young people read what they want without guilt or shame. This ingrained interest, wanting to read something over and over again, feeling compelled to read an entire series, feeling connected to characters and authors, these are all good things, Martin Chang concludes. And I really like the way this article wrapped up because I feel like I feel like it provided a very brief vision of what the future may hold for the research. Um, and I think it's always important to venture a guess at what the future can hold when it comes to the impact of research and the potential impact of research, right? Um I enjoyed this a lot because I think that oh, it's something that I have noticed very strongly in my own life uh, at various times, right? I think when I'm more actively and consistently reading and when I'm more actively, consistently writing both of those things in conjunction with each other, when I'm more consistently doing those things, I feel like I'm able to explain myself better to other people. I'm able to convey my ideas significantly more just, just, more clearly i'm able to i i stutter less i i say um less um i say um less and then i immediately say um <laughs> but i'm i'm more direct i'm i'm more succinct i typically use less words to convey more information right and this isn't all the time it's not like a perfect science but i just feel like it's something that i have noticed when i'm in the habit of writing and reading more it it's sort of it's interesting. It shows you how it shows me at least how powerful our brains are at intaking and learning so much more than we think all the time. Like there's so much stimulus and information that we're taking in all the time and we're a lot better at actually taking it in and doing something with it almost subconsciously than we think we are. And that's incredibly valuable. So I think that's where I'm going to wrap up this episode. If you've enjoyed listening, be sure to follow Bed Letter on whatever platform you prefer. Um, remember that you can check out my blog and other projects that I'm working on over at my website, cashleman.com. And if you're super inclined to, I do have that Patreon where I have details about different services I offer with editing, tutoring, mentoring. Um, and like I said before, a lot of stuff's in regards to English and writing and stuff like that, but there's some other things as well. And all that information can be found on my website, cashleman.com. So thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Thank you for for uh, being with me today. And I will see you guys next on Friday with another episode. And I hope you guys have an awesome week. And I'll see you next time on Bed Letter. <laughs> <laughs>